My name is Sarah, and I'm a micromanager. I think it's been about two months since I last seriously fell off the wagon, but you'd really have to ask my team as I'm usually the last one to spot it. I'm joking a little bit here with the 12-step group riff, but it's in service of a bigger point. Every leader, perhaps every human, micromanages other people from time to time. We can and should learn to control that impulse, but if any leader has figured out how to stop micromanaging once and for all, I've never met him. And that got me thinking. Since I believe very few leaders wake up in the morning with the intention to micromanage, why do we do it? And could a better understanding of those reasons help us micromanage less? Let's find out today. Welcome to the Kind Leadership Challenge, where I empower educational and library leaders like you to build a better world. I'm Sarah Clark, founder of the Kind Leadership Guild. My PhD in higher ed leadership, my experience coaching, consulting, and presenting to library leaders all over the world, and a career working in academic libraries from the front desk to the dean's office taught me that leaders can transform their organizations without burning out. And now I'm sharing those same lessons with you. Over the next 10 minutes or so, I'll share short stories and simple challenges designed to heal yourself and your school or library, so you can get back to making the impact you wish to see in your communities. By embarking on each week's challenge on your own or in our private community, you and your team will begin growing humanely, managing effectively, and creating collaboratively so you can build the more informed and educated world we all need. Looking back at the long and rather embarrassing list of times I've behaved like an insufferable control freak, the common thread seems pretty clear. Micromanagement ultimately comes from a lack of trust. My lack of trust is almost always rooted in one of three things. Lack of trust in myself, lack of trust in relevant processes or procedures, or lack of trust in the other people involved. Let's start with an example of a time I didn't trust myself. It was almost five years ago now, when I first came to my current university to take on my first role as a library dean. You can hear the whole sordid tale in episode zero, but the short version is this. Before I was at my new university even a month, I had developed a whopping case of imposter syndrome and had concluded that I desperately needed to work my butt off and get deeply involved in every aspect of library operations to, quote, earn my place. Unsurprisingly, that didn't end well. And a large part of digging out of that hole was relearning to trust myself. The second area where micromanaging leaders lack trust is often rooted in perceived weaknesses of processes and procedures. My recent experiment with delegating podcast editing is a great example of this. I knew the couple of hours a week I spent editing my podcast, creating the show notes and the little video clips you see on social media, not to mention all the other technical stuff that goes into putting out a podcast. I knew all that could be better spent in my zone of genius but I wanted to make sure that the structure and flow of my typical episode was well-constructed and easy to follow before I handed things off to my new editors. So I fussed and experimented and dithered for at least a month longer than I probably needed to before I finally took a deep breath 
and handed off my baby to the great editing team at the Grow the Show podcast accelerator. My editors promptly informed me that my processes and systems were better designed than the vast majority of the shows they work with. And yet, they've added their own touches and expertise and made this show so much better than I ever could have. So since I know you're listening, thank you, Max, Ahmet, Sonia, and Will. And if I'm ever micromanaging y'all, please let me know. Which leads me to a third example of micromanagement where the underlying problem was a lack of trust in other people. As I mentioned back in episode 12, as one of my hobbies, I co-host a podcast about the monkeys. Early on, I became the head moderator on the podcast's Facebook group. It was a tight-knit, silly group of superfans in those early days. But although we did lay down and enforce a few ground rules, the place pretty much ran itself. That is, until 2016, when the Monkees record label capitalized on the 50th anniversary of the band and TV show with a major tour, a re-release of the TV show on Blu-ray, and last but not least, their first new album since the Clinton administration. And with the new activity came an onslaught of new podcast listeners and new group members. If memory serves, we started the year around 1,000 members, and by the end, it was more like 5,000. And it didn't help that I was preparing to defend my dissertation the same month the album dropped. So I kind of freaked out because as the group's moderator, I had to make sure all these new members felt welcome and followed our rules. As in any online community, 95% of our group's members were wonderful, but about 4% were well-intentioned but kind of disruptive, and the other 1% were outright trolls. And I didn't really trust any of them yet. So that spring of 2016 was kind of a blur of dissertation edits and moderating surprisingly heated conversations about the quality or lack thereof of some new action figures of the band. Don't ask. But at some point, shortly after I defended the dissertation and the Monkees had their first top 20 album release since the Johnson administration, I collapsed. For three months, I watched all the TV I'd missed during my doctorate, rediscovered knitting, rediscovered eight hours of sleep, and with another moderator having joined our team, I pretty much left the Facebook group to its own devices unless somebody reported a post or comment. And it all turned out fine. The worst case scenario was a few times the trolls got to squabble for a few hours longer before we squashed them. It turned out that I could trust our community way more than I knew, and so I did. In fact, I maintain that much more hands-off approach with our kind, silly community to this very day. These three ways in which mistrust leads to micromanagement match up with the three core skills of kind leadership, growing humanely, managing effectively, and creating collaboratively. What an unbelievable coincidence! If you need an objective but supportive coach to help you increase your trust and decrease your micromanaging in these three areas, I'm just a free 45-minute call away. We can talk about your challenge, brainstorm some possible solutions, and you can learn more about whether ongoing coaching would help you more effectively and humanely and collaboratively make the impact you wish to see. But first, I want you to try this week's challenge. In each of these three cases, my lack of trust was signaled with nervousness. That 
queasy feeling in the pit of my tummy or tightness in my chest that something was just not quite enough. If you're feeling that twinge, it's time to get curious about it. Ask yourself some questions. First off, what are you feeling physically? Describe it in detail. Once you've got that done, then do you feel like that indicates some emotions need to be processed? With free riding or talking to a trusted advisor or even a good old-fashioned primal scream? If so, do it a couple times if you need to. With that done, let's shift from comfort to solutions. Now that you've processed those emotions, do you still believe there's a problem that needs to be managed? If yes, then define the problem as clearly as you can. And then as appropriate, combine your own thoughts with advice from other people involved about a possible solution. Then implement that solution, or even better, empower your team to implement it. And then finally, evaluate and repeat this process as necessary. I'll go into these steps in more detail in this week's emails for those who receive them. But all of you should have enough to get started with increasing your trust and decreasing your micromanagement. Thanks for listening and for taking action to become a kinder leader. If you found this week's episode insightful, give the show a rating or review, or even better, share this episode with your fellow leaders. Never doubt that day by day, you're building a better world, even if you can't see it yet. So until next time, stay kind now. Oh, one last thing. If you're ready to take on this week's challenge, but not sure how to start, head over to kindleadershipchallenge.com slash next to download the Next Steps Checklist.